killing the world as they prove to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. When I'm killing, I'm always proving it's the same. Yeah, the hottest podcast out there. Oh, yes. Very informative. When I'm home, Tim, I'm always tuned in for days. He has the hottest podcast out here. When I'm home, Tim, in the world, I stay tuned to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. appreciate you doing that hopefully that way if we can learn how to agree to disagree and we can live like people when I make the hard topics I say the hard things I make the thing itch scratch so if your itch is not scratching and you scratching on the itch maybe you need to look yourself in the mirror so I'm not here for no drama I'm not here for no nothing just to learn, 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 and edify. This is from learning situations only. So I'm not here to get anybody's hairs up. So again, thank you. And hopefully we can agree to disagree. to provide the absolute proof and evidence, as I have in my book, 
deadly deception. Now, I'm not alone in what I'm doing here today. How does the press escape such obvious truths? Why would the finest virologist in the world, the most noted virologist, member of our National Academy of Sciences, Peter Duesberg, why would he put his entire career on the line? What did he have to gain? He's already lost his laboratory and his funding. They can't take away his professorship because he's tenured. And I will put the lie to the individuals. Joins us now with a closer look at the accusation as well as what the party leadership has to say, Dan. Don, 44-year-old Joel Koskin of Wood, South Dakota, is seeking to represent District 26 in the state Senate. But court papers show he's charged with child abuse. According to court papers, a family member of Koskin said he gave long hugs and had her sit on his lap starting at a young age. The alleged victim said Koskin touched her regularly, and touching, she says, led to sexual intercourse. A probable cause statement says that, quote, probable cause exists to show that Koskin committed rape, sexual contact with a child under the age of 16, and aggravated incest. Criminal complaint signed by Assistant Attorney General Mandy Myler alleges that Koskin exposed a minor to a foreseeable harm from 2014 to 2020. The complaint alleges that Koskin exposed a victim to sexual grooming behaviors. Now, Kellyanne News called Koskin and sent him a text message today. He has not responded to either. Dan Letterman, chair of the South Dakota GOP, emailed Kellyanne News a statement which says that, quote, the allegation against Joel Koskin is very serious. South Dakota Republican Party unequivocally opposes child abuse in all forms. A statement from State Democratic Party Chair Randy Seiler calls on Koskin to drop out of the race, saying, quote, these allegations concerning Joel Koskin are deeply disturbing and he should immediately end his campaign. Democratic candidate Sean Bordeaux is running against Koskin for the Senate seat. He tells Kellyanne News via email that, quote, the allegations against Bill Koskin are completely unacceptable and it is clear that he should not represent District 26. So when the schools say that the pilgrims and the Native Americans feasted together and celebrated after they taught them how to survive on the land, that part isn't false. That's actually true. But they always cut the story off there, and there's a lot more to this story. As the Native Americans were kind of becoming outnumbered by so many pilgrims, they started to slowly take them out. Now, one of the biggest attacks that is known to have happened was the Green Corn Ceremony attack. Basically, what happened is one of the Native tribes named the Pocotes were celebrating their annual green corn ceremony. And a green corn ceremony is an annual celebration that usually lasts for about four days and is practiced by various Native American tribes. And they did not agree to the original treaty that Squanto negotiated between them. And because of this and the fact they believed they had right to their land, the pilgrims decided to murder as many of them as possible. In the early hours of the morning after the natives had their green corn celebration, English soldiers just showed up and surrounded all of the village while they were sleeping. They then ordered them to come outside, and if they refused to come outside, they would just set their shelter on fire and they were burned alive inside of them. The ones that did come outside were either shot or beaten to death with a club. After this, a new celebration was formed to celebrate the victory and slaying of all of those Native Americans, and it was called 
called Thanksgiving. And it continued. The pilgrims continued going to different tribes and attacking them, selling children as young as 14 off into the sex slavery and just murdering anyone else. They would literally fill boats with like 500 people at a time and ship them back to England. Fucking bizarre. And despite the treaty that was made, most of the chiefs were beheaded, and the chief of the Wampanoag tribe was specifically beheaded and stuck on a stick for 24 years on display for everyone to see. And so these celebrations and massacres have continued for many years to come. And George Washington became the first president in 1789, and he decided that there should only be one day set aside every year to celebrate all of these successful massacres. When he created the Thanksgiving Proclamation, the Native Americans aren't even mentioned in it one time, even though they were basically the reason that the pilgrims were able to establish themselves, aka, we may not be here today without them. One. The pastor Wilkins are chasing our history. You are standing at a jail. What they have done is manipulate the jail. They tell you that it's 1870. Try 1770. This is still standing today. Look at this jail. Look at the holes. You'll see what a change would have been inside this jail. What happened is a slave would have to come in here naked, barefooted and all. There's holes all throughout here to make the slave, it's like cooking a turkey. He's being baked while he's in here. The desire is to be naked that the slave would burn his skin while he's in one of these to teach him never to run again or never to be rebellious again. You're at one of the most harshest plantations in American history. You're at the Whitney Plantation, which is without a doubt one of the most harshest. What are they doing to the slave? This would have been chained down. He wouldn't have been able to get to it. That would have been covered so he can't hurt himself. It was to make them understand Christianity is your only hope of survival. They're teaching them, even in their suffering, as they're punishing them, they're teaching them Christianity is your only hope of survival. What America believes, what the European believe, is that they believe in positive law, natural law. What this represents is positive law. I mean, natural law. Natural law says a man can rehabilitate himself because his creator is up high. He has a God that allows him to rehabilitate himself. So what you see is they're trying to rehabilitate the slave, but they're not trying to rehabilitate him as man, but as underneath, as dehumanized, as second-class citizen. So they would be in here. They would actually be cooking. At night, the wolf rat could visit them because it's open. So the slave is being worn out. He's being drawn down. He's being humbled. He's going through. He's going through a lot. And he would rather be out there and do what he's told than to ever be in this metal cooking shit. That's all this is. It's an oven. And the rebellious slave is the most rebellious. There's three sides of this thing. They would be on a side where there would be holes. So you can actually see right here. There's that. those holes. Chains would go in there from here to here to over here. These chains would be in here. And they'd lock him down. He's weary. He's going through. He said, I'd rather be, be obedient to my master, do what I'm told, and believe that let's put my hope in a God instead of putting my hope in escaping. Let me put my hope in a God. Now they can retrain his mind because he's been through the humbling process of this metal. They made sure they were metal because they know the heat would be drawn to this in the, in the summer and the, the cold would be drawn to this in the winter. I'm Pastor Wilson with Chasing Our History. This is rare. This is very rare. The danger of a plantation is this. They under...
grass, things like that. So their job is to mask the plantation, to make it look like it wasn't that bad, it wasn't that harsh, that you wouldn't come to understand how bad and how harsh the treatment of the slave was. All you gotta do is look at something like this. Walk around it for me, my brother. Let them see the whole thing. Just look at that. That's an oven. That's nothing. You can call it a jail. That's an oven. They're being cooked in there. Naked. Being cooked. This is an oven. You got room. This concrete wouldn't be sitting here. They placed it on this concrete. This would be nothing but grass. That wolf rat would come up from somewhere and visit them at night. And that's why you see the cross. That cross wouldn't be there. That's placed there. There's another cross they would have had in there. They'd have had cross probably of all three uh, sections of this because they're trying to humble that slave to Christianity and understand that they are a second-class citizen. That's what you're dealing with. But this is an actual jail. This is an actual punishment place for the slave. The manipulation is they're going to tell you 1870. They all about 100 years, maybe 1770. That's what they do. They get the grants and they begin to manipulate history. That's what we're chasing our history. And the sons of Yah. Be blessed. In the case of a woman who found a human finger inside a hamburger she bought in Bolivia has sparked intense controversy in the country. Reports say authorities have launched an investigation which has been seen as an attack against the public health. According to the complaint made by the affected person, the event occurred in one of the local hot burger restaurant chains. The woman said she felt something hard in her mouth after taking a few bites of her food, which she later realized was a human remnant. South Korea reports seizing thousands of smuggled drug capsules containing an unusual added ingredient, the powdered flesh from dead babies. Some people believe they can cure disease. The Korea Customs Service says they were made in northeastern China from babies whose bodies were chopped into small pieces and dried on stoves before being turned into powder. But they wouldn't say where they believe the babies came from or exactly who made the capsules, citing possible diplomatic friction with Beijing. The contents, though, were identified by scientific testing. When we analyzed it, the powdered material sequence is better than a 99.7% match with a human DNA sequence. No one's been reported ill from ingesting them, but scientist Shin Ugi warns they have the potential to be dangerous. We also see superbacteria and other germs and viruses harmful to a person if consumed. Some of the capsules were carried in luggage, others were sent by international mail. Smugglers told customs officials they believed the capsules were ordinary stamina boosters and didn't know the manufacturing process. One official said no one's been punished, but a customs clearance director at Incheon Airport warned consumers should be careful about health food supplements where the ingredients aren't clearly marked. Here on 7 Action News, is a Detroit business buying and selling human body parts illegally? And what was inside the business? It may shock you. 7 Action News investigator Jim Kirchner is live with the very latest tonight. And Jim, is this part of that investigation? Is that winding down at all yet? It is indeed, Jeff. Take a live look behind me. This is what's left of the FBI evidence recovery team inside this car. And take a look at this vehicle. We believe this is the owner of the business just returning to take back possession of his business. More on that in a second. But take a look. Another busy day out here on Detroit's east side, just down the road from City Airport. Sources say they have removed several boxes of what is believed to be human remains. 
Sources say many, many people. This was a big operation. And get this, inside this business, a saw used to cut up bodies. It is believed. All taken away as evidence to the Wayne County Medical Examiner's Office where it will be tested. This business is known as International Biological. It advertised as a medical educational service provider. The owner is Art Rathburn. He has a mortician license, has had in Michigan since 1982. But the big question is, did he get human bodies illegally? And was he selling them illegally? Just moments ago, the owner, we believe, showed up. I tried to ask him some questions. Mr. Rathburn, will you talk with us? What do you have to hide, sir? All right, chef. Can you tell us the three secret ingredients that might be found in this amazing sausage that you made for us today? The three secret ingredients that might be found in the sausage are fish liver, human flesh, or shark. I... Is this... It, are those really the three ingredients? Yeah. Fish liver, human flesh, or shark. You guys, is this... Is that... Is that and that's just that there's, you know, there's a stigma surrounding this. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Let's go on, right, please. Um, all right. Uh, yo. Thank you, Kiff. Thank you very much. All right, Joe. Fish liver, shark, or human flesh. God help you, it better be shark. All right, two. What do you think it's going to be? Shark, two. Shark? The liver is, like, too obvious, and I don't think it's human flesh, so I think it's shark. Um, Chef Keith, can you tell us what uh, is the secret ingredient in this dish? Yes, I'm afraid you're both wrong. It is human flesh. Water that you drink and that you bathe in and your health and why it's really important to listen to me for a second. So this stuff here, a lot of it has, well, all of it has microplastics in it. They're finding this stuff in our bloodstream now. Um, we all drink this stuff, and this stuff sits out on the docks or in warehouses for months, and it will, the whole time it's doing that, there's microplastics being leached into this stuff. Um, and a lot of it's not even filtered that great, so there's that. And uh, some of those manufacturers are pilfering communities of their clean water to use to sell, and uh, which I, you know, I should mention some brand names, maybe I will one of these days. Anyway, that's the bottled water saga. Now let's talk about the water coming in and out of your home. Um, the water that we use goes down the toilet, right? Goes down the drain, all ends up in the sewer. So I want you to think about all the people in the community, how much cleaning agents do you use? Do you use Pine Saw, Mr. Clean, any of those? And, and if you do, where do you put that water when you're done? Usually you put it in the toilet, right? That goes down into the sewer. Well, everybody in your community is doing that. So this water that's going down there is just full of medicines that we take, right, that end up in our stool, uh, there's that, and then all of these cleaning agents, okay? So when the sewer treatment plant cleans it, they get all the solids out and they want to kill all the bacteria, but they can't filter everything. It would slow the process down too much. So then they put the water in the, the lake, and uh, it's not drinking quality, but it's good enough to get in there and dilute with whatever, and it won't kill the fish. So there's that. <clears throat> now the water coming into your home is drawn off of that same lake, and then they filter it to get all the stuff out of there. Um, but there's some things added in, like pesticides and the heavy metals. 
most of our communities have at least one or more of a couple of things like arsenic, lead, barium, mercury, and the list goes on, okay? Now we also have cleaning agents, medicine, and pesticides. There's just all this stuff. Now when they treat it, they put in chlorine to treat it and kill the bacteria and and, and fluoride. And they, they don't do it for your teeth. They do it, that's a, that kills bacteria. It is also a carcinogen. It's a C word creator. So now when you think about drinking and bathing in this stuff, you got to realize that when you get out of the bathtub, you weigh about a pound and a half more. So this is going right into your bloodstream. This is why you need a whole house water filtration. And if you get a good one, it'll clean your water up pretty good. And a reverse osmosis for your, for your under your kitchen sink, and that cleans up your drinking water. Protect the children most of all because if you get one of these carcinogens in and somebody sparks cancer in their body, growth hormone will turn that stuff on, on fire. It's like lighting a field of dry grass on fire. It just takes off. So all things to think about. I wish I had more time, but if you have any questions. I'm the military shit, the military cargo don't done arrive. The supplies done arrive. The U.S. and Canada over there in Haiti. Y'all know they're going to invade Haiti. Oh, yeah. Y'all know that gang leader, Barbecue. You know, everybody over there protesting. They want that U.S.-backed prime minister gone. He's a U.S.-backed prime minister. He got the U.S. interest in mind. They don't want that motherfucker. That's why they over there protesting the gas so motherfucking high. You know, so the, the, the gangs done put a blockade on everything. Ain't nobody got shit going through the city. The city buses, everything, everything damn that shut down over there, bitch. Because they like they tired of getting governed by outside sources on some real short, on some real shit. But the U.S. grandpa boots on the ground, probably after the midterms on some real shit. Hashtag real spit. You wanna know why? A woman gonna be with who she wanna be with. Ain't nothing you can do about it. Oh, wait. A woman gonna be with who she wants to be with. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can't make no woman love you. Oh, you love her? Who says she love you? Mm. Oh, you you love me? Who said I love you? Mm. Oh, you got choice. So you choose to love me. If I don't choose to love you, I choose to love him. Can you handle it? So that was part of the rage. That was part, I was part of him. He wasn't supposed to be a rage. He's a street man. Since when do a street man get upset over a woman? A street man, a street man, a street man personality, magnetic attraction. He don't never worry about a woman because he always can attract a woman. So, so, so the downfall. So ultimately, the downfall of Malcolm was emotional weakness. Was, was the woman. When it comes to a woman, a woman. and most men are weak. Most of them are weak for a woman. You're not gonna let me be a victim of your own anger. Cause if you keep cussing me out, you always do it. If you if you if you if you bold enough to jump in my face, you hit me. If you bold enough to tear furniture, you don't care how much we invest in stuff. All in the name, but I love you. No, you lust me, and you like the idea of me. You like what I bring to the table. Cause to love me, you're seeking to figure out ways to make sure that I have what I need without restraint. If I if if you tell me something about you and it helps me be a better version of myself to be a blessing to you and then I complain about being the better person 
<laughs> it's not genuine. We are killing each other like this. It is because we have the mentality of death. How did we get the mentality of death? You know, brothers and sisters, the law of life starts with obedience to the law and will of God. Listen to me carefully. This earth upon which we stand, 196,940,000 square miles of it, 57,255,000 square miles of land, 139,685,000 square miles of water. This planet with a weight of 6 sectillion tons is moving at the speed of 1,037 and a third miles per hour in obedience to the law of light. You stand on a planet that you can depend on because it's constant. Its affair has been regulated by the Lord of the world. Now, white folks just sent up a telescope. They put it in outer space because they want to get a peep at the majesty of a God that they have been trying to show human beings that they are a God besides that God. So the Quran says, Whenever Allah gets ready to destroy a people, he gives them a peep into the heavens. What is he giving you a peep into the heavens for? To make you to understand how limited your knowledge is and how limited your power is and that if you have any wisdom left, It is wise to obey a creator who knew you before you came into existence and knows your existence and knows the end of your existence. Quote from Edward Mendel House and what he had to say in a private meeting with Woodrow uh, Wilson, president between 1913 and 1921 from the private papers of Woodrow Wilson, quote, very soon every American will be required to register their biological property in a national system designed to keep track of the people and that will operate under the ancient system of pledging. By such methodology, we can compel people to submit to our agenda, which will affect our security as chargeback for our fiat paper currency. Every American will be forced to register or suffer not being able to work and earn a living. They will be our chattel and we will hold the security interest over them forever by operation of law merchant under the scheme of secured transactions. Americans by unknowingly or unwittingly delivered the bills of lading to us will be rendered bankrupt and insolvent forever to remain economic slaves through taxation secured by their pledges. They will be stripped of their rights and given commercial value designated to keep us a profit 
that will be none the wiser. For not one man in a million could ever figure out our plans. And if by accident, one or two would figure it out, we have in our arsenal plausible deniability. After all, this is the only logical way to fund government, by floating liens and debt to the registrants in the form of benefits and pledges. This will inevitably reap us huge profits beyond our wildest of expectations and leave every American a contributor to this fraud, which we will call social insurance. Without realizing it, every American will insure us for any loss we may incur, and in this manner, every American will unknowingly be our servant, however begrudgingly. The people will become helpless without any hope for their redemption, and we will employ the high office of the president as our dummy corporation to foment this plot against America. Having established plausible deniability, even if people become enlightened that they had a remedy and pursued it, the attorneys, judges, and legislators could claim that they did not understand the people's claims, especially if the technical requirements for achieving it were not followed pursuant to statutory requirements, requiring the public schools to teach civics, government, and history classes out of federally approved, politically correct textbooks written by the publishing houses, owned by the owners of the Federal Reserve, would assure that the people would not discover the remedy for a long time, if ever. I would recommend that everyone read Fruit from a Poisonous Tree by Melvin Stamper, M-E-L-V-I-N Stamper, S-T-A-M-P-E-R. That is Fruit from a Poisonous Tree. This is out of Chapter 2. We just talk, can we just talk, talk about where we're coming, before we get lost, let me our thoughts, can't get what we do without knowing. I need you to watch the rest of this video and I need you to listen to what this white lady is saying. I need you to listen to the words she is choosing and I need you to listen as she escalates her accusations. Get your, get your girl, bro. Bro.
Did you catch that? First, she said, don't you ever try to me again, implying that he was hitting on her, saying things to her. Then moments later, she said, don't you ever try to touch me again. Now she went from accusing him of saying things to touching her. Then she said, don't you ever molest me again. So she went from accusing him of saying things to trying to touch her to touching her. And then at the very end there, she said, don't you ever fuck me again. Yeah. So you see the escalation of her accusation. You see that she grabbed him. She aggressed him. This is because she was told the cameras are going to show everything. So she started screaming out what she wanted the story to be. She escalated things because she wants it to be a more serious accusation. The more she realized she didn't have control of the situation, she escalated the accusations. She assaulted this man. She did so comfortably knowing the cops were across the street. If those cameras were not there, that white woman would have had no issue having that black man arrested. Those accusations she was hurling would be believed if it were not for cameras. This behavior from white people, especially white women in the white community dates back two centuries. If you don't understand that this is the behavior of intergenerational white supremacy, then you don't even understand the problem. Brothers and sisters, I want to talk to you as a brother to a brother and sister, as a theologian to theologians, and as one who is under the scholarship of God and his Messiah, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I'll quote a word from him. He said, quote, what I have given you from my Allah, who came in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, is an invincible truth that if you stand on it, you cannot be defeated by any scholar or scientist of this world. Now, Jesus, Jesus said it like this. I thank thee, Father in heaven, for keeping these things from the wise and the prudent man and revealing them unto babes. We are the babes that have been blessed with supreme wisdom which we are about to share with you today and I am so happy and thankful that the ears and the hearts of a beloved and most beautiful people that are destroyed not because we are black but destroyed because we are ignorant and that is why Jesus said you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free now you notice most Christian theologians preachers never talk about the reason why 
Jesus was crucified. You know, they tell you he was a good man. They tell you that he opened the eyes of the blind, made the deaf hear, cleansed the leper, the lame and the halt, raised the dead to life. But that wasn't the reason that he was crucified. That wasn't the reason that he was brought to court. That was not the reason. No. Imagine. One day, Jesus comes into Jerusalem on a donkey to the hosannas of the people. And a short while later, the people were saying, crucify him. What happened in that short space of time? And these fickle people who saw him open the eyes of the blind, who saw him make the deaf hear the dumb speak, who saw him raise the dead to life, who saw him beat the money changers out of the temple, who saw him do these wonderful things that his enemies said, he does this by the power of Beelzebub, the devil. And I noticed when Mr. Foxman, after reading our letter and receiving the book, the books, we sent them to all the top Jewish leaders. We sent them to President Barack Obama, to his Jewish advisors, Mr. Axelrod, Mr. Rahm Emanuel. We sent them to Tim Geithner. We sent them to Larry Summers, one of his economic advisors. We sent them to Ben Bernanke of the Federal Reserve. We sent these books to white folk of influence. And I said, no, just read it. Don't talk to me until after you've read it. We sent it to influential people in the media. We sent it to all the black leaders, to the black college presidents, to black scholars, to black entertainers. And some of you big shots, if you haven't got yours yet, look in the mail, it's coming. It's coming. Now, this man, said you didn't say nothing about the book his attack was on me well he used to assign us a little something in his lectures but now he took his whole subject on us he's virulently anti-semitic he's diabolical he's obsessive 
or they went there with me. After I spoke in Atlanta for three days, you couldn't hear nothing on the news. In the latter part of the third day, they rose from the dead. And a letter came out to the news media. He ain't, he ain't answering me. That's why you should read the letter. Because it really asked for an answer. But instead of answering the thing that's in the book, he attacks me. And wonders why there are no black people out here that are attacking Farrakhan. I wouldn't do that today. That wouldn't be a wise thing to do. Why? Farrakhan not gonna do nothing to you. But you see, this truth is so clear that if you fight for them, against me that's revealing them and the truth of them then you expose yourself that you are the tongue you are the white man's too you are not affiliated with jesus you are a the synagogue of Satan and therefore will be dealt with by God. I've always spoken for you and championed your cause. to come close to me. Black preachers, black people, some of you hated me without a cause. I never did anything to you. I've always spoken for you and championed your cause. However, it is because of the power, influence, and money of the Jewish community that makes black people afraid to speak up for the hurt that we have received from the hands of some of their people, afraid to associate with those that they dislike. This is true. So, when I wrote a letter to Mr. Foxman and we put out two books, this one 
The Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews, Volume 1. The Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews, Volume 2, How Jews Gain Control of the Black American Economy. Wouldn't you like to know how? Wouldn't you like to understand why everybody else comes to America and goes to the front and we've been here longer than anyone else and are still so far behind? Don't you want to know what happened to you? After book one came out, I had a meeting with several Jewish rabbis, columnists at the home of a rabbi and one who was the former dean of rabbis in Chicago was present and also present was the great uh, columnist um, for the Chicago, uh, I think it's the Tribune, um, Cul Cul Cupsinet, and others. And at that meeting, we had dinner, it was very lovely. You know, I mean, everybody was very nice and I was nice too. And I'm never, I'm never not nice. I treat everybody the way I want to be treated. However, after dinner, or during dinner, pardon me, the rabbi pulled out of his pocket a piece of paper and said, well, of course, uh, this is a love fest, but it's going to be tough love. And he said, uh, this is what we expect of you if you want to be our friend. Many people, when they get to a certain level and they get an offer that is difficult to refuse because it's accompanied by a threat, they usually cave in. So this offer of friendship had terms. And these are the terms. One. Farrakhan, we need to watch you and listen to you over a protracted period of time. In other words, I'm on trial. 
I mean, just think of the arrogance that a black man who speaks truth to power will be on trial for a protracted period of time before I can gain their friendship. The second term was this book, The Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews, is a great calumny against our people. We want you to stand up and denounce this book. Third, no man in history, no one in history has ever been written of well who was an enemy of the Jewish people. You're very brilliant. You're a very gifted speaker. But if you want to be written of in history, well, you have to go down in history as the friend of the Jewish people. Now, Mr. Farrakhan, you can answer now or we can go upstairs and have some coffee and tea and you can answer then. I said, well, I said, let's go upstairs and have some coffee. It started the conversation with you have your truth and we have ours. I recorded that. So we had coffee. Are you prepared to answer now? I said, yes, I was prepared when you asked the question. I said, first, I would like to be your friend. I said, that's why I'm here. I said, but you wanted to watch me and listen to my words and follow my deeds for a protracted period of time. Well, I respectfully say to you that your people have done more evil to mine than we have done to you. So maybe we need to watch you for a protracted period of time watch your words and your deeds before we even desire to be a friend. I want you to hear this. Second, you asked me to denounce this book. I said, I'll denounce it in the morning. Because if it's false, if it's all lies, 
I don't want falsehood and lies attached to my name. But we only quoted Jewish historians, scholars, and rabbis. So if you want me to denounce this book as a calumny against the Jewish people, since we quoted only your people, then you stand up tomorrow and denounce every scholar that we have quoted and say that they are anti-Semitic. I said, now, I'm here because I want to be your friend. But if being your friend means that I have to deny the truth, then yours is a friendship I don't need, and yours is a friendship I don't want. I said, now you can gather all your forces. I want you to listen to me. This was spoken over 10 years ago with witnesses that are present here. I said, you can gather all your forces and come against me. I said, but as long as I stand on truth and stand with God, I'll be the winner. And I said, you can use your influence with the government and come against me. But as long as I stand on truth and stand with God, I'll be the winner over the government of the United States of America. When I walked out, I knew the stuff was on. They weren't gonna back down from what they wanted from me. And I certainly was not going to capitulate. So I wrote in my letter to Mr. Foxman that rabbis presented me with terms that no self-respecting man would submit to. Kunye West, America gonna be destroyed. No doomsday threats. It's gonna get hit with ballistic missiles from Gog and Magog. You shouldn't have had liposuction. Should have jogged the weight off. We the resistance. Hear the bravery in my voice? You lied to us when you said slavery was a choice. Nigga must have smoked up a whole quarter piece. 1441, we was kidnapped by the Portuguese. When I hear the words, make America great again. All it means is make blacks and Latino slaves again. You said Bush don't care about black people. When it comes to cooning, you're a Barkley and Shaq's equal. You was the realest spitter ripping the beat up. Now you in a something place, boom, clicking the teacup. Yeah, learning you're a slave. Mom turning in her grave. Lyrical sermon on the page, just burning off the mage. America was great when they stole the land from the natives. It was great when they brought blacks over on slave ships. It was great when they prospered our free labor. It was great when 
burning our bodies with sweet savor. It was great when they could rape our women at will. It was great when they did our children like Emmett Till. It was great when firemen sprayed us with hoses. It was great when they killed all our modern day Moses. Could you cherish a place where we perished in hate? Then wear a hat that says you want to make America great. Your character's fake, saying Trump represents freedom. He's eat him. He told cops when you stop, blacks mistreat him. Everything changed when you got with that ratchet thought. Your mom's casket dropped. Evil cerebral and rapid thoughts. The aftershock. You started tweaking off acid drops. High as an astronaut. I bet this shit happened to Travis Scott. Watch the throne. You really sold yourself a dream. It seems the people high up got the lowest self-esteem. You're made back on the road to hell. You should be wearing that hat that says your soul is for sale. Yeah, look at all this backlash hate. First you backstab hoes, then you backstab Drake. MK Ultra eyes stuck in your mouth wide. This ain't the same kumbaya from the south side. America was great when cotton picking with bloody fingers. It was great when we called Mexicans beaners. It was great when we didn't have a voice to speak. It was great when they fed us scraps, no choice to eat. It was great when they fed our babies to gators. It was great when they beat us before the taser. It was great in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. It was great when the media didn't cover our stories. Yeah, Deacon, AKA Five Lords, Kari. All praise Yahweh, Shimmy, I was shy. Hey, Kanye, man, get out. You out of pocket, homie. All the Jews, all the gems, all the jewels and gems you gave us about our history, all the social injustice that you spoke out about. And now this, this ain't the land of our rest. All right? We under curses, we Israelites. They're not for us, man.